Mexican last name. I want it to be Juan Carlos so bad. That's what, we, that's all, what his nickname is. You can change your name. I, I can't change his name. No, but you can change yours. You I should can. go. Oh, change my name to Juan Carlos? You could, you're the, yeah, I like that. If you love it, go with it. You're a good dude. You you empower people. I, I see you're good at what you do, O'Keefe. <laughs> you don't argue people's limitations. You support them. You believe in them. You need to look, get closer. Yeah. How big is your head? Oh, Aaron, do you have a giant do you have a gigantic head? Yeah, it's pretty good size. I could my, my helmet's a five gallon bucket. I <laughs> but but Simon, the reason his head is so big is because it's swollen from the amount of times that it's made contact with Mother Earth in yeah. different oh. ways, shapes, and forms. If you've I mean you've obviously spent some time together. His his throttle is always down, trying to figure out, you know, how can I wreck something or someone in the process? Yeah, I thought it was just waterlogged from too much time in the ocean, like a sponge. You know, like, <laughs> they just get like too a big. bunch of everything. It's good though; it works perfect. Aaron, could you ask the person who's vacuuming there to not vacuum <laughs> in the background or whatever? Like, could you just be like, oh, very right. good. <laughs> You are a good dude. We, I, uh, Matt O'Keefe is here because, um, all we care about is the numbers, and the second best podcast the seven podcast has ever done is with Matt O'Keefe. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, what am I, what am I doing here for this? I mean, we're, I, I love you guys, but it seemed like a, it, an odd pick for me. Uh, and, uh, Aaron, um, Aaron's here because he's supposed to be the one we're interviewing. And Juan was supposed to be here because he was the pretty face. Like, I had all the yeah. bases covered. I had the draw with O'Keefe, the good-looking dude, with Juan Gonzalez. And then I had Aaron, who's just the mouthpiece, just the brains of the outfit. But, I, like, I like this. So I get to fill Brian Friend's role in this. I don't, say, yes. I get, I like, I don't talk at all. And then, you know, drop <laughs> something super insightful at some point and then go away. Is that how and then I just abu- and I abuse Is that noise really bad? It's very bad. Very bad. I gotta, I gotta find Sarah how to turn this. I'm gonna break it with a hammer. <laughs> yeah, that's not cool. You don't want to do that. It's too much. This or is, you can no, move your this computer. Is, this is perfect, actually. This is like com- absolutely. Oh, yeah, here's what I here's Juan right here. Juan can go and much go on his computer too. Okay, cool. He Sweet. has so, he has the link. Will you tell him to go on the Chrome browser, Aaron? I will. Oh, so that's good. So we'll get the sound twice as much. Is that how that's that's gonna work? Good. Yeah, and um, I'm no uh, HVAC guy, but I would have someone come and look at that AC. By the way, <laughs> sounds like you have a bearing loose. Yeah, Sarah should be here in any second. <laughs> um, Matt, where where are you? You said you're in Nantucket. I I am. I'm with my family, my father, my sister, her family, my family. Uh, on Nantucket was here for the week. Little that's little on, break. That's in the. That's in the northeast of the United States. You're, you're on the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, yeah a, a little island just off the coast of Cape Cod. And Aaron is out in the middle of the Pacific ah, in never. Hawaii. There we go. And I oh, am on shut the... Off. Just shut off. I'm on the other side of the Pacific from Aaron. I'm in California. Aaron, what time is it there right now? It's uh, 11 o'clock. In the morning. 
You ready to start the show? You ready to start the show, Aaron? Yeah, let's go. So, who is the best surfer you've ever seen? Who's a local in Hawaii that no one knows? Who is the fucking playground legend? Who's the guy? Just uh, everyone who everyone knows. I know oh, how he's going to answer this. That's know, the guy. I, no I, one I, knows I, his name uh, except I, for you and, and the locals. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. There's so many. There are so many. It's like it's like when you on Chrome, Aaron. It's like when you say that's the hottest chick ever, and your friends like you've said that twelve times today, and they're like, "Yeah, there's three million of them." It's like that. It's like there's so many great surfers. There's there's so many good surfers here. It's hard to like to like gauge that. I mean, I thought you were gonna name yourself. That was my first um, (laughs) pick, but. But, you know, uh, yeah, I don't even know. There's like if – I mean, there's – I can't even – honestly, it's a hard one to, to put down. To is there say. a guy on the island that everyone knows who's the best or like these yeah, three like kids? Yeah, guy, Titus. He's like almost 70 years old and he's like a legend. He's just – we have all looked up to him for, you know. He kind of like is the godfather of surfing on Kauai, you know. And he's still surfing? Still surfing. We went, he was went with me this past year. But we, we we go toe surfing, and he was charging still at seventy. It's like, what is he in shape? Oh, so yeah. he, he's a, he's a CrossFitter. Oh, he, he is. He, he goes to yeah. CrossFit Anahola. He's one of the Anahola boys. There. I worked out. I worked out with him one day there, and, and uh, Aaron yeah. explained after his his legendary status. I mean, Aaron, tell him about some of his accomplishments. So he's like the greatest big wave surfer in the history of surfing. Yeah, he's like he's um like he was one of the heavy heavies growing up over here. He like like people would fly over here to come, and he would kick them all out. He would keep this place very protected, you know, and and he would charge. You know, he would be like he would just. And he's he would like surf Waimea Bay, just pumping. He pioneered like toe surfing with Laird Hamilton guys, and 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 the foiling and all, just everything. He's just well rounded athlete that's just you know just rips and, and just well respected. Plays music, been all the he's he was sponsored, been sponsored by Quicksilver his whole life. They flew him all over the world, um, so he's very like you know. He's a unique individual. He's he's a dying breed over here. What's his name again? Titus Kinimaka. Oh, and he's a Hawaiian. He's a he's Full a Hawaiian. Hundred percent wow. Hawaiian. That's a, like that's that's just not around anymore. Are you born on the island? Yeah, I was born and raised on Kauai. And how did you end up there? How did your parents end up there? My parents just moved. My actually, my grandpa moved over here for work, and then. My parents followed him over him over here, and then they just fell in love with it, and just never left. Do you have, do you have any dirt twirler in you, or do were your parents like got any hippie in them, like drum circle? No, my and... parents are kind of. My dad is a contractor. My mom is they're pretty like middle class style people, you know. Just grow, like I was raised in the dirt. All our houses that I was you know raised up in were unfinished. My dad was a contractor, so they're all unfinished and. The windows weren't in. The plastic was there. You know, it's just, it's just, hey, Juan, you know how to turn this thing off? <laughs> Someone needs to ass whooping. Oh, that was quick. Whoa, oh, 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 oh. AC on, AC off. That thing's going to, I'm going to hit we it just, with a hammer. We just lost half our listeners. 
So you grow up on the island, and uh, life's good there. Yeah, it's as a kid. Yeah, it's 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 like it's um it's just different, you know. Growing up over here is just it's like a small it's like being raised in a village, you know, in a um, small community. Everybody knows everybody, and it's it's a real special place growing up, you know. I, um, it's hard to describe it, you know. It's just like everybody who everybody who I I mean, just everybody knows everybody. You can't like. That's how it was back in the day. How many people are on the island? Like, or there's like, like sixty thousand now. And and when not, when it's filled with tourists, how many does it reach? What's the top? oh man? Right now, since the island is open back up, it is like it is out of control. I've Do never in my whole entire lifetime I've never seen anything like this. It's um. You think there's three hundred thousand people there? Oh, there's probably over a hundred thousand now. Okay, there's, there's tourists coming in and bucket loads and, it, and it's what, good it's good but what's happened is during covid everything shut down and a lot of businesses went out of business and then now that there's so much people here there's no there's no everywhere's just got lines that you can't i, I don't even go to restaurants because the lines are like around the corner and you can't get a reservation and it's good for businesses that are here but then again, it's like even like rental cars. There's no rental cars. People are coming. Locals are renting out their rental cars right now, because there's which is great. So the locals making the money for the rental cars to support them. So there's a lot of benefits from it. But just the overrunning of the island and the one of the biggest things over here is there's so much people, so much money coming over here right now. It's really tr- making it the cost of living just to buy a house, the rentals. It's just really choking out. The local community it's, it's it's a it's a really dire situation right now for the explain local that. community that i grew up in explain oh okay everyone there he is that's our uh, eye candy everyone just look at juan <laughs> gonzalez don't look at the three old guys on the left you're He's here to arrived. be object, objectified there you go <laughs> yes um and you and juan work together yeah juan moved juan so, moved over yes. here about five years ago okay and, and and where do you guys work? What's your yeah, operation there? We run the Kiala Foundation. Five years. And what is that? It is a nonprofit organization, five hundred one c three that provides free CrossFit gyms for kids on the island. So we have three gyms on the island, and and we provide fitness, education on prevention uh, on the drug and alcohol problem that's happening that that, that they're going to face. And um, and yeah, we just give, we give them a home. Uh, Juan, I got bad news for you, buddy. You got to shut down because we're getting an echo off of Aaron's computer. Yeah, yeah. Don't sit farther from the computer though. See if like you can upstage that big old head of his and just like that all that manliness. We need eye candy. Did you just lose, you just lose Hoff's video? No, I got it. I got it. Oh, you got it. Okay. I turned it off for you, O'Keefe, so you wouldn't have to look at him. <laughs> Hoff, tell him how many people you support, or how many kids that go through there. I mean, it's like I've been over there. It's fun. You've been over there, but it's yep. It's one of the most yeah, unbelievable things that goes on on a daily basis. I mean, what I mean, what Hoff does in in that foundation services is so special. So tell him more about it. Don't don't be humble. 
So I've been I've been sober for 24 years. Just to kind of the backstory on this, I've been sober for 24 years. I got involved in math and drugs growing up over here, and the environment over here that we face as kids growing up, it's not a threatening drug culture environment. I'm basically you basically we go we basically go to the beach and there's and it's our uncles and our aunties that are hanging out smoking weed, drinking it, you know. So it's not a threatening arena, and we go there and it's just like it's. It's like an automatic paved road right into that lifestyle. And cocaine's like weed over here. It's just all that stuff. It's just, it, it's not a problem. You know, it, does, it doesn't look like a threat. And then, and now we have tons of methamphetamine, a, a lot of methamphetamine, a lot of um, fentanyl. And just all kinds of action going on. Fentanyl okay. and, and. How old are you, Hoff? I'm 47. So at 33, you got so. No. Uh, 25. I'll be 25 years sober this year. And and you said you were 47. I'm 47. So for tw- at uh, the age of 22 years old, you got sober. Yeah, that's right. And when when I got sober over here, it's like I couldn't. All my friends were getting. I, I basically couldn't hang out with them. You know, I basically just told them all, "Screw off! I can't. You guys are. Oh, I I just can't." And then I, so what I did was I started, I, I grabbed kids, really young kids. I did, and I just took, I ran them to the ground. I take them surfing, diving, and so I could have fun. You know, I, I would go to AA meetings, but it's all old people there. So it wasn't really like an attractive environment for young kids. But I knew like if I left that space, I would be dead, you know, because suicide was like where I was, ended up, tried that several times. And, and then, Luckily, I didn't succeed, so I'm still here, as you can see. Luckily. But luckily. And then, but yeah, then I hung out with these kids, and these kids saved my life. You know, they basically saved my life from from the the, the predatory drug problem over here. And okay, hold on. I got to unpack some of this. Give me a second here. Give me a second here. So at 22 years old, you're getting sober. I, I contextualize that with myself. I think I smoked weed for the first time when I was 22. So at 22, you've already lived a long life. How, how old were you when you started using? Like I was like nine or ten. No shit. Yeah, and that's just that's like that's just like you. I deal with eleven-year-olds, ten-year-olds, and yeah, it's Deacon's thirteen. One of the kids is, is here is thirteen. You know, it's a, it's it's a really tragic epidemic that's so overlooked on this island. Beautiful island, but the most deadliest place to raise your kid. Let, let me uh, – you don't think it's just because you lived it and so you're looking for it and maybe it's not really that bad? Oh, no. It's bad. I did was so that We have probably the highest rate of suicides over here, drug overdoses. You know, the families that I deal with are just, just ravaged and broken. In the local community too, it's 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 no joke. Like like what I see I, – I, everybody knows me as the sober guy, so I'm the guy that everybody comes to to be able to, to, to get help. And my, I mean, my phone, it's constant. The amount of the people that I deal with is, it's nobody should, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And it's, and it's like my family members, you know, it's, it's like everybody I grew up here with my, like, like watching my big family just being wiped out and nobody doing nothing about it. Absolutely zero. You know, our state, our county, they just, they have no idea how to handle it. You know, so you have this island with 60,000 people, you have in basically, Every road, at every turn, there's some temptation to yeah, one even at a young there. age. Okay, there's one road. The one road. The one road is littered with um, 
marijuana, methamphetamine, fentanyl, yeah, and, and, all and, it's, and it's easy. Things. And why is it so easy to do? Because you're not you're not in school, or because yeah, it's just, it's just, the adults aren't parenting, or it's it's not threatening. You know, you're down at the beach. It's a beautiful beach over here. You can have a couple beers, smoke some weed, hang out, go surf, and you know, and a lot of the best surfers that we that we look up to are just drug addicts. You know, we're like, oh, this guy rips in the water. So I want to, and these kids are like, you know, we want to be, we aspire to be like these guys. And they're just all strung out junkies. And the, and the culture is, is that if you were at like at the beach at 10 years old and your uncle was smoking weed, he, you, he might just give you a puff of his joint. Oh yeah. They're giving you beers. Go buy me a, go, I mean, you're basically a bartender at a, at a very young age. They're like, boy, go grab me. I'll give you a dollar. Go grab me a beer from the cooler. You know, and you, you start doing that stuff. You know, uncles will send you here, you know, and it's just. That's 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 the way it's all set up, you know. It's it's probably and so I didn't understand this part of the story. So at twenty two years old, you join AA, and is it you? Who were these kids that you started running with? These sober kids were they kids that you were trying to help? No, they weren't sober. They were just younger kids who haven't been affected by the drug problem yet. They were headed into it, so these were just younger kids that that a lot of them today. How I learned this program actually actually survived the the drug thing that's that you know the drug epidemic because when they were with me i educated them i gave them all the tools i told them about what's going to get them what was happening happened to me how i fell into it and then some of these kids they went into it but they knew what was happening and they were able to come back out early and then and join the crossfit gym that i that i, that I started running and and they, but they were prepared. Like the kids, what we do with our classes now is we prepare these kids with the tools to be able to survive what's going to try and kill them, you know, over here. So you're 22 years old, and when you say kids, you're talking about 15, 16-year-olds? Oh, I was grabbing like 10, 12, 13, 14-year-old kids. Any of the kids that wanted to come with Uncle Hoffy, they would, I would just take them. I would go early in the morning, take them to go dawn patrol, surfing, running in the trip, you know, just, just going surfing ex- unreal places and so you're helping them but the way you tell the story is they saved your life yeah because i had is that because they kept you busy yeah they kept me busy and doing fun things and just real simple life you know just right there with me just running and and i didn't realize that till after you know some time when i was like man so that's why i dedicate my life to these kids because i wouldn't be here living this beautiful life that i have if it wasn't for those kids and and did you relapse ever no never so, and was did any part of that um, not relapsing have to do with the fact that you were surrounded by these young people that you felt an obligation to be a good role model to? Yeah, well, I, I've I've always maintained a solid environment to be around. Like my house has always been like a a halfway house. I've always, a lot of my friends came and lived with me over the years that I was always taking. So my house was based as a. It was probably the only halfway house on the island for years. It probably how many people is. How many people do you think have stayed with you over the years? Oh, I can't even count. There's hundreds of people that have, oh, yeah. got, that have got their been life. Here for five years, it's probably been like 50 people, yeah. 60. Like in just five years, I have done like three to six month stints with us. I mean, when we're, when we're there for the run, you know, it's inevitable one of the evenings we're on the back porch with literally like 60 people. What we're doing is having a, like essentially an AA meeting and, and, 50% of the people there aren't in sobriety or AA and they're, you know, taking it in with us, but man, it's magic. I mean, honestly, everything that 
Hoff is describing is how it works. Like you, you know, you see yourself in other things. You either see people struggle or you see people that could, you know, lead that path and it invigorates you to, you know, help, you know, people helping people. AA is like not rocket science. It's literally just people talking about their problems, you know, relating to each other and helping each other out. And I mean, what, what goes on with Kiala is magic. I mean, it's hundreds of kids that he's teaching to not take the path that he took. Um, I mean, and at the time, I'm sure a lot of them later in life realized what they were given, but they're just having fun. They're working out and eating and hanging around with a lot of good people. Uh, what he's uh, providing them a service essentially to, to stay away from is man, what so life altering. It's crazy. Because the stuff that goes on over there, it's hard to describe unless you see it. No, no hyperbole here. I, I, throughout the years that I've known Aaron, um, probably six different people have told me stories of going to his house for one of these um, shit. I don't know what it is—a a love fest, a agape, just sitting around eating and talking <laughs> to people, people, people hot dogs, telling and, their stories. And truth. And uh, and like I can think of like five or six people. Um, who've told me that, holy shit, like I had an awakening there, like something happened to me there. You should come do it. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm good. I'm scared. I'm good. It'd be good for you, Savon. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm but it's good. I, the best way I can describe that, the, the environment over here is just being accepted exactly the way you are, as broken as you are, as, you know what I mean? You're just, we're all equal and, and you just learn to be able to be okay to just be transparent, you know, just talk about like, dude, this is what, and no judgment, just like, bro. Right on. Like I could take my shirt off there and it would be cool. You could take your shirt off and, you know, and whatever, you know, and just be like, you know, that's Savon right on. Savon's not perfect. We all know that. Oh shit. So, but it's okay because you know what I mean? I'm not perfect. I have, you know what I mean? And I'm the farthest thing from perfect, but that a lot of, a lot of good things come from imperfect people. You know, I think it's no perfect people are allowed. Let's put it that way. So basically everybody's welcome. You, you have an identity in the community. Um, so, so let me go back. So, so at 22 years old, you basically start helping people as a method for your own kind of ad hoc rehab. Like you weren't like some yogi studying. You just knew that if you helped these other kids, that it would in turn help you. Yeah. And it was like when I, when I was at the bottom of the bottom, when I went into treatment, you know, I was, I tried to commit suicide three times and just like, I had people wanting to bury me looking for me. You know, I had I had cops looking for me because I owed them money because I sold them stolen stuff, and I just had my mom would grab her purse and follow me around the house because every I would steal everything. You know what I mean? It was just that, and then I hit a bottom, and then somehow I made it to a treatment center, and and it was like Christmas Eve. I was just like I was sitting there, and you know I don't preach God to anybody, or whatever. I have my own relationship with God. That's you know that's to me it's very beautiful. It's personal, but. I, I was sitting in there in the fetal position. I was laying on my bed in the fetal position in a bunkhouse with like 50 people. And I just said, God, if you're real, you need to come now because I, I, there's no way out of this. I was like, cause all I wanted to do is get high and I couldn't see myself without getting high, you know? And it's, it's a, it's a trap, you know, totally possessed. And then this peace came over me and everything was washed away. And this voice just said, Aaron, you're going to be okay. And it was like, it was pretty much like I had my glasses on backwards my whole life. And then I put them on. And I could see everything for what it was. And I, I knew exactly what I had to do from that point on. 
to, to make a change to get where I'm at today. You know what I mean? A lot of it's been faith, but I've, it's always been through like, I have to help other people. You know what I mean? With this gift, because not many people, every, it's a real selfish world and everybody's out to get their own, but that that's like the worst way to go about life. You know, when, when you learn how to start helping people and, and that's when you really start living. When all you're thinking about is my personal family, my bank account, my mortgage, my this and that, you're doing a huge disservice to the way you live. Because we're, as human beings, are, I truly believe our, our highest level of existence is when we're giving back and helping others. You know, was, was was this facility in Kauai, this one where you, where you had this? Okay, because there, okay, I was trying to catch you. You said there wasn't anything in Kauai, so there's some consistency there. Um, and and in this moment, when this peace comes over you, did also the awareness that you would spend the rest of your life paying for paying it forward, or did that just come naturally? Yeah, I just I just knew already that I was like the only way. Yeah, the, that's the only way. Like I get to keep what I have is by giving it away. You know, that's the mm. only way that I can live what I have today is just by by giving it to others, you know? And it's there beautiful. it is, people. Watched, the only watched, way you get to keep everything is to give away, away what you have. You cannot believe that is true until you experience that. Yeah, that is, and, um, and the only way you're going to learn how to, if it's true is if you start doing it. And most people are afraid to do that because they're so selfish. That's scary as shit too, man. It's so, it's the scariest. I thing mean, you, 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 nobody, barely, hardly anybody lives that way, you know? So there's well, a real, I've had a sim- similar experience to what you're saying, and and I was thrust into it too. Like it, I I didn't I didn't like find it under a rock myself. You know what I mean? I was thrust into that position too. Here, let me throw you at the bottom of the pit, and you hit the ground. You're like, shit, I got nothing. And then hopefully you realize, oh shit, now I have everything. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a tough. Some people think. I hear some people think that you can you can make that journey consciously. I, I'm yet to hear one person who's made that journey consciously. Usually, it's like. Got to be Fuck, ripped you, out from under you. Yeah, you got to have a train wreck. Yeah. I wish it was, and I wish you could be like, okay, a hundred burpees and take two vitamin C, and you wake up in the morning, and there it is. And it's like <laughs> if you're living that, but if, you're it's living, not. if you're living that, you're gonna hit it sooner or later. Because if you're living a selfish lifestyle, it's all about me, my my bank account, this and that, and blah blah blah. You're the bottom's coming. It's only a matter of time. Hopefully, sooner than later, because this is something you want to achieve early in life so that, you know, you're not like seven. How about the people who, I know this isn't the point of this podcast, but how about the people who aren't, how about the people who are just in the daily grind and they're, they're like somewhere in the middle and they swim in the middle for fucking 90 years. Those are, to me, those are, those are low impact people. They're just, they're like, it's, it's like what like, if they don't get a meth addiction to bring them down to the bottom is what yeah, I'm saying. I almost, like, I almost feel like, I mean, I don't really know. I can't. That, it, that's, I, where I, I think, yeah. that's where I think um, CrossFit really does a great job is, is giving those type of people purpose, giving those type of people adversity, allowing them to struggle and work hard. And that's where they can then start to be like, Wow, I want to do something more with my life. I'm capable of much more. Um, I mean, and I just speak that from personal experience. Like, I kind of was just floating through the motions um, and then got into CrossFit. And then all of a sudden, you know, now I'm like 
I'm trying new things. I'm trying harder. I want to I wanna improve. I have some goals now. Um, and that's where I think CrossFit is just so valuable to everybody because, yeah, you, you don't like we accept everybody. Um, even if you're not a drug addict or, or like hit rock bottom, completely lost your entire life, you can join our program as a happy, healthy individual. And through CrossFit, through learning vulnerability, through being transparent, uh, you will be able to, um, you know, <clears throat> open up your mind to what's possible. You get to see transformations. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I, I teach our students is that you're not stuck the way you are. I always remind them that as many times as possible. If you clumsy, you're not always going to be clumsy. Like you can change it. If you're not the smartest kid in the, you know, like you can change that. And so the same thing, like if, if you're just kind of like, don't have purpose, don't got, you know, like come to our, come, go do some CrossFit. Like it's, I know it's like, wow, how's CrossFit going to help me find my purpose? But it's, it's, it's that, it's that you starting to, starting to, do some, some, some individual work, you know, a lot of things happen, uh, in a CrossFit class or in a CrossFit workout. Um, and, and that's, that's something I definitely see that will help someone who is just like that stuck in the middle person because they're going to see, they're going to see their scores on the board. Why do I have like the lowest, slowest time ever? You know, it's just human nature. We want to improve. So it really highlights that, that you like to be comfortable or not. Um, and, and I think that's that's a huge part of our program because we work with kids, Savon. You know, like and we're, adults. We're, yeah, I mean, adults, adults are like kids. Yeah, <laughs> um, and the good and, ones, dude. A lot of the kids we have are great kids. Like they're they're they have great mindsets. Like a lot of them aren't troubled. You know, they 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 they've been with us for years now, and and uh, the CrossFit just continues to to push them, to empower them, to to give them confidence, and and to and to get them out. And then you start to see their parents start to be questioning, like, why is my kid so like, I'm not this way. How's my kid now starting to be so, you know, um, confident. And then all of a sudden their parents are coming in and, you know, we, we, we just, we, we really, we really enjoy like, you know, finding where you're at and then elevating you from wherever you are. And one has a point too, like that comment about people in the middle, that's how, that's the, that's been a tool that I used to reach people because when you, when you like a lot of my friends that wouldn't go to, didn't want to go to AA and the kids like that. When I, when I, when I first started CrossFit, like I started taking them to the gym and then we were, it, it, it created that environment where we started suffering together. You know, there was that bond was starting to, and so that's <laughs> the whole only reason I got behind CrossFit was because that is the most important tool is being able to create that bit bridge of transparent communication between each other. And that, that was just like, as soon as I seen that, I was just like, well, this is huge right here. If this is used in the right way, you'll do some powerful stuff with it. And it's, and it's, and it's the fitness is a benefit, but the bridge into the person is the goal for us because that, that's where you make the change. That's where you, they start to have the, um, the awakening that, you know what I mean? it's like, the elevator doesn't have to go all the way to the bottom. They can stop and they can get off there and then just start going back up, you know? And it's um, an environment that you cultivate. That, that, um, that, like, there's a lot of commonality there with what we would experience in AA, right? You know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's like, like it's the, like it's the nor it's normal world scenario, really, for yeah. people listening to relate to. It's, you know, we all suffered 
and go and talk about it and, you know, have that commonality. And, you know, it's something it, that's really the bridge for us in recovery, but it's a similar in a CrossFit gym. It's what attracts, I think a lot of people in recovery to CrossFit um, yeah. as well. You know, it's funny because you're, you know, what you're describing, it, it, Juan's always been very, well, Juan's incredible anyway, but he's always been very incredible to me. And I'm sure he is Aaron because, you know, we had that, what we were provided is this, you know, um, we, we dug a hole for ourselves and that hole allowed us to, you know, see light and, you know, give back and not want to p- have people kind of go through what we go through, uh, or have, you know, or, you know, and, and tread that path. But, you know, for one to dig in on something like this, not necessarily having dug that path is it, th- those things are fascinating to me. Um, cause I think it's speaking to what you're saying is like, you know, people getting this without, you know, or putting themselves out to, to serve in that manner, maybe not with what experiencing he and I have, but, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. CrossFit, CrossFit's a well, you know, Savan, we talked a lot about this on the podcast we did together. I mean, I don't know where I'd be without it. You know, um, it, it provided an amazing, uh, filler for, you know, a huge gap in my life at, at a time I was like really lost, you know? Um, so it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a crazy cool, you know, fortunate Juan, piece of Juan's all an example lives. of it. You know, he came over here. Yeah. Juan's an example. He came over here. He's not a drug addict and all those things like that, but he came over here from Vegas and you know, he was, yeah. And Vegas he is was gnarly, man. I mean, hooking up with all the ladies and the whole, he was this whole little dirtbag guy he came over and now dude, he, he went through the steps and all that. And he's like, he's a whole, he wasn't hooking up with them. They were hooking up with him. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, it was. Dude. I had a complex drunk drunk white girls like would terrify me it was just it was <laughs> it was not okay no i'm just kidding <laughs> but now he's like you know now he's yeah, he like, changed his life and he's like dude he's i wouldn't you know and i'm really picky about role models that i stick in front of these kids and you know juan is like a hundred a hundred this is tough yeah maybe 80 percent not 100 100 percent of a person that i would i feel confident that he's going to be able to instill in them what this is about, you know what I mean? Because he's a byproduct of what it takes going through the steps, becoming transparent and actually taking hard, take, having hard conversations and moving forward in a different direction that, you know, away from what feels so normal, you know, and that's, it's um, super cool to see. It's, you, you guys are talking my talk for sure. I, I try to tone it down because people just, it's such an enormous leap for people who who don't do CrossFit to even understand. But one of the the telltale points is we all know people who've quit CrossFit, and you see what happens to them right away. They spend the next year talking about how they wish they would do it again. They don't have time, and you kind of see their lives fall apart. Yep. And as Greg Glassman once said, if you do CrossFit, three things are going to happen to you: your relationship's going to get better, or you're going to get out of it. You're going to get a promotion, or you're going to quit your yep. um, job. Yep. And there was one other thing I can't remember, but there were these things, and all of us who've done it have like seen it. And from early on, and I would present this to Greg and Lauren, and they they weren't fans of this, but I, there's a Taoist saying that stop thinking and all your problems will go away. And there's something about putting yourself in oxygen deprivation where you're, when you're working out really, really hard, you, you have this – and if you guys don't like my model, that's okay, but bear with me here. You have something – that's awareness. Maybe you guys call it God. And as you put your body through tremendous struggle, it shifts between your intellect and your body. And it's going back and forth as your intellect sh- shuts down and starts giving more attention to your body. But as you pass through that middle space, you can sort of attach to the higher power. Yeah. And 
that is a, a profound piece that happens to everyone who's doing CrossFit. They're cultivating awareness of a higher power or I don't even have to say that. They're cultivating awareness and they don't even know it. It's a yeah. byproduct of it. Yeah. So I always thought that this movement was in a cra crazy evolutionary leap for mankind, not just his DNA and the things that like Greg likes to call the scientific things in the objective world, but there's something else. And then, of course, all of the community aspect that you're saying, like Hoff and I could not even know each other and my mom and, and we could be in a room with 10 other people. And after 100 burpees, <laughs> we're all looking at each other like, holy shit, now we got some shit to talk about. Yeah. Now yeah. we have something in common, right? Yeah. And we kind of look at each other like we're all in love with each other. Wow, we made it. So I, 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 I feel you guys. Um, uh, I, I want to talk about one thing real quick and then, and then we'll go back there. The, the reason why we jumped on the call is flash forward from when Hoff was, uh, 22 years old and he got sober and was helping kids. And today he's running something called the ultimate, uh, Hawaii trail run. And I was looking on your website, um, let me my screen closed for a second. And last year there were uh, 642 runners, 58 states and provinces, eight countries, and 2,000 plus. Now it's the virtual. That's an impressive uh, event to throw during the COVID, COVID response yeah. era. Um, Huge support. So, so um, it, it is. It is a, a place where a lot of high-profile people flock to. Who who goes to that? And then and then we'll go back and, and talk about how you built it. But who who what is the event? Who attends it? Who can attend it? Is it just for just elite athletes? Oh, it's for, is yeah. it just like is there a waiting list to get in? Like what's the it's it's for, it's for everybody. I mean, we I've pretty much every top CrossFit athlete, all the top surfers, all the you know they, they come and support it. But this is an event for everybody. It's not just my mom can go. Your mom can go. And your okay. grandma and your whoever, you know what I mean? It's and the run is always at every I tell people it's a it's a beautiful hike or it's gonna be a nightmare. Either way you take it, that you can have it how you want it, you know. So, I'll I'll and, be I'll be careful about my experience. Just make sure I don't deter anyone. <laughs> don't let him fool you. Well, Keeps us uh, telling his experience is my favorite. I'm just like, oh my god. And I, I need details. And somehow you still get people to come. Yeah, I had. I, I had details, red, Hoff. So I had red. Sorry, clay, go ahead. I had red clay washing out of my ass for about three months after that event. <laughs> so you got the good. That's all you have to say. That's all you. Have, that's all. That you wasn't red clay. That was a. That was. I'll leave that one alone. Okay, <laughs> Hoff. So so. Tell me what is the event like? Like I need to know everything. Like how long is the run? Where do people stay in the hotel? Where do they sign up? Where does the money so, go that people pay to? Like what are all? Tell so if me you're all planning the on coming this year, what you would want to do is definitely sign up for the run. Um, get a, What's the date? Uh, start to get a rent a, get a rent a car right now, and then we do have. I mean, the best thing to do. A lot of people are doing is just going on to VRBO or. Um, um, you know, just looking on the island for there's a, there's a lot of really good rates right now for September because that time all the kids go back to school. And so that's a very good time where the island's a lot slower, but we are experiencing a lot of people. So it is good to um, get your rent a car, get your get your hotel and you can get like rooms down at the Kaloa Landing. They've always supported us. You can get a two bedroom that sleeps for seven hundred dollars a night, but it sleeps eight people. You know, and it's beautiful. I mean, you can sleep 10 people in there if you wanted. If you're just coming, you get – and it's – I mean, it's huge. And that's with the discount code. Full, and that's with the discount code. If you go to the Ultimate Hawaiian Trail Runs site, you can click there. But then also don't hesitate to go look for other places um, on, the 
on the, yeah, on the south side. You don't want to go up north. It'll be a nice little drive. But south, east, or west is would be the general area you'd want to be to do it. And and, and what's the date of it? September eighteenth. And then the we, but, so, but it starts. We have a golf tournament. The the first event's going to be a golf tournament that starts on the. It's on Wednesday. It's on, so, it's on the Wednesday. So um, you know we the the whole week kind of gets built up. Uh, just being in the gym, right? So we just talked about CrossFit. These are people from all over the world we've never met. That we just start to do workouts. So we have a pretty awesome schedule in the morning and the evenings, every day leading up to the run. Um, we invite, starting on what day? Starting on what? Starting day? Monday. Monday is Monday. We call it Monday. Yeah. Trail run week starts. Um, okay. We get different athletes, different people that show up. You know, a little bit earlier, a little bit later. But Monday we'll start like our trail run schedule. Um, the gym. Um, we'll have, um, you know, wh- whoever is here of our friends, uh, CrossFit athletes, like I-, I like to call the Hawaiian trail run, like the, like the CrossFit all-star game. It's like whoever ends up doing well, whoever like is happy with their, you know, like sh- did really well, they end up coming to the run. That's what kind of always happens. So, um, fresh off of whatever happened at the CrossFit games. Now we have, um, all these athletes, they're coaching classes, they're working out with people, um, and it's like you know, Noah Olsen, you got Jason Kalipa, Miranda, all the all these guys that are veterans and yeah, they're they're coaching the classes, they're doing seminars and it's it's pretty it's awesome. Pretty, it's really, pretty it's really special. A good time. And it's not like where they meet, you know, it's like where they see somebody at the games and they're just kinda like, Oh, you know what I mean? This is actually you're there for a week, so you're actually getting to know these people and then the last day you're running with these people, so you actually build a genuine relationship. Like with these people, you know, they're not just athletes. They're like, you get to actually meet them on a human level where it's like, hey, this is, you know, let's China Cho, you got Tasia, all these guys. And they're just, we're all here having fun, helping the community, just doing, a, you know, helping others. Yeah, I think he, he really nails it. Like, um, you go to these events, you don't ever get to talk to them. You know, you want, you get it, you might get a picture and it's just like they're kind of here, they're, they're really welcoming. We've created this environment, they trust us. You know, we're in a gym and you actually get to hang out with and work out with your favorite, your favorite CrossFit athletes. It's really cool. Um, and yes, this year we're going to be go- doing a golf tournament um, this year on Wednesday at Poipu Bay. Um, I have just recently gone into golf. I absolutely love it. Um, and uh, I just, it's just something that uh, we're, we're excited to go for. It's, it's at Poipu Bay, which is um, a really historic course um, in golf. There's four majors. So the winners of each major would play at this tournament or at this course um, for a good 15 years. So just lots of history, awesome course. <laughs> and, you know, just like uh, just a lot of friends in the CrossFit space, you know, it's um, they're, they're looking into getting into new sports, new things. And golf is definitely like just emerging as this sport that um, very similar to CrossFit, right? Like when you play football, you're not playing football like how they play football, right? But like us in a CrossFit gym, we can do the same workout as someone doing at the CrossFit Games, um, you know, with different ways, different scalings. Golf kind of has that same vibe, same community. Um, and so we're excited to go for it. Um, that's thir- uh, that's Wednesday. Um, and then Friday, we're going to do a, a kid showcase. This is a tradition where we pick... Um, not going to say our most talented athletes or our most talented students, but just our most consistent, best attitude. Like this is a way that we we um, treat our, our students that are very consistent and calm. And we pair them up with, um, you know, special yeah, coaches, yeah, special athletes. athletes. 
and the community gets to see our kids do awesome workouts and, and, and really throw down, you know, like I, I, it's like my mini games. Like I feel like I get to pretend to be Dave Craster. I get to come up with these super fun workouts and just, and watch them grind through it, you know, in front of everybody. Um, so that it's just really cool to see. And then Saturday is the trail run, you know, bright and early. We're up in Omao. Um, and, and just the vibes are high from building the entire week of working hard, being in the gym, seeing each other around the island. Um, and then, and then the trail run happens. Yeah. And, and the, tra- the trail run is always like, it's my, <laughs> it's my masterpiece. Yeah. It's, it's always a five, 10 K ish run. Like one year, I, the 5K was actually almost a 10K because I measured it wrong. Oh, yeah. I was there for that. Yeah, it's just, it's just you know, you just got to you gotta keep people wondering what they're getting into. You can't just make it like, you know, definite. There's so a, I can go the whole week. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say there's a uh, – and I don't know if they – I can't remember if you still do this, but one year you had a choice. You could go straight and it was the 5K or you could turn left and it was the 10K. Those of us that chose left chose very unwisely. It was like <laughs> you immediately walked in and then slid down. The, it's like a scene out of Goonies. Like you slid into this like mud pit of hell and like you're climbing. My, it's, it's that crazy. was the wettest year. It was like torrential rains. Like yeah. I was like, I'm surprised nobody got hurt. <laughs> I, was, I think one or two people did. I think I was there. That I, what year was that? I think I, I remember hearing about that. Dude, I was going back into the porta potties every ten minutes, praying, going, "Please, God, just nobody." And I, I mean, and I, I remember the day after we, I walked and I seen some of these mudslides that people were going down, like into barbed wire fences. Like, is that normally where you pray? By the way, I did anywhere I can, anywhere right. I can. I was just, you know, I was just like every chance I get, Savan. I hear you. I hear you. Just check in. I think it's the first. You're the first tips. person to ever break, break, break Matt Fraser. He broke Matt on that run. Matt was like, "All right, I'm walking this one out. I'm done." Yeah, it's like when they said, "Ready, set, go." It's like you just roll the dice and this whole. What? So, the- so you can go for a week long. Um, there, there's a week long schedule that you can sign up for, or yeah. you can just you can you can you can just show up on Saturday and do the run yeah. too, right? Yeah. And, and, and what's the island. point? There's no shortage of unreal stuff to do on Kauai, you know. Well, but you will all, but you will also help people too. And by that, I mean Monday there'll be something they can do. Wednesday there's something they can do. And even if I don't want to golf, if I just want to go hang out, I can go hang out, walk around, yeah. get something yeah. to eat at the cabana, have a drink, whatever. Like it, it's 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 very friendly over here. And, and you'll be keeping people together. There'll be stuff that people can do. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a lot we're gonna, of we're gonna do our best to just training, to, to provide like um like a directory almost of like our favorite businesses, um our favorite hikes, beaches to go to, um and you know just just give great information to our guests that are coming so they can experience Hawaii in an awesome way. There's, there's, What's the name of your gym, Hoff? There's CrossFit Poipu. There's CrossFit Kikaha and CrossFit Anahola. And and where is the your headquarters? Um, the CrossFit Poipu is right in Poipu. Yeah, in the south. That's okay. the name of the area. And is that near where the trail run starts? Yeah, we're like three minutes up the road. And is that where the meetup will be on Monday? The original meetup and workout. The meet will be over. Uh, it'll be over the at the gym over there. Where the, the kids event will be at the church. At the okay, and tell there. me the name of that for those people who don't. Know. It's CrossFit Poipu. Is the name of the gym, P O I P U. Okay, good. 
You, they, Were you going to say something, Matt? Yeah, I was going to say there's, you know, um, there's an amazing luau. Which what, what night is that? Friday or Saturday night after? Yeah, is that after? I mean, you even see Dan Bailey on stage singing. I mean, strumming his guitar. I, honestly, that's a great finish piece. Uh, in Kuala Landing, which is where I've stayed when I went, it becomes a really fun hub. You just at the like, and people who want to come and enjoy a lot of their famous favorite CrossFit athletes, they just chill at the pool there, and um, that's that becomes like a really cool central hub of of, of things when people aren't you know at the gym or. Uh, doing other things, uh, activities. Plus, the hiking is understated. I think every year there's like, you know, 30 or 40 of us will meet up somewhere and do some hike. You end up on top of some mountain somewhere overlooking the most picturesque view you've ever looked at in your entire life. It's really, there's no shortage of stuff to do. Yeah, we're going to have a, we're going to get a twist with the luau this year. I, I'm going to do it like how it was when I when I grew up. It's going to be really It'll be like a real luau, none of, none of the, the hotel style luau's, but we're gonna really bring it back. And you know, I have a bunch of my Hawaiian friends. We're gonna be cooking the pigs in the ground and the whole. You know what I mean? It's gonna be. It'll be. Are a, you gonna do a stand up routine again, Hoff? The year I was there, you did stand up basically the whole. Oh, I'm a, yeah. In between everything, people were dying. Yeah, I just whatever. I just get up there and just let it loose. You know, let my that ADHD was- shine. That was crazy. You were so funny. So, so why do you do this? What's the what's the this this is a fundraiser? Yeah. So we we do this to meet a wife, or why do you do be this? able to fund our program for the year? You know, and it's um, and I I mean, even if you can't come and do the run, I mean, if you're you can go to our website and say, you know, if we're getting five dollar um continual donations, twenty twenty dollar donations, you know, even from the smallest donation to the biggest donation, I mean, everyone is um is so necessary for what we do over here. It's um, because it's to me, this whole program is the last lifeline for a community that I grew up in that will be extinct if, and just overwashed and basically turn Kauai into a, a commercial Island. You know what I mean? It's it'll be a commercial. It's the, the I, I I'm a part, I'm attached to the real Aloha on the Island of this local community. And I'm trying to preserve that and, and keep it alive, you know, and it's like, it's, I, I don't, I, nobody deserves to not experience what I experienced growing up because it's beautiful. Just living in an, un, in a, in, in a family environment where you can go and feel totally loved by everybody. And just like, you know, this, uh, this the Aloha, you can't even describe it, you know, but everybody deserves that. And I don't want that to be just, just washed away. I'm going to fight till the day I die to keep it alive. You know, and this is what I'm doing. So the money goes – so this is this ultimate Hawaii trail run, which is uh, – tell me the date again. September, September 18th. Say what? September 18th. That, that, is that the Monday it starts or that's the official date of the run? That's the day of the run. So, so on like, September uh, 18th or the week before the September 18th, people pay the money they, to, to enter your, to your run. They come out to the beautiful island of Kauai. All of the funds that you raise – then go to basically supporting, and you're going to have to tell you, say the name of the foundation for me the again. Keala Foundation. Keala Foundation, yeah. which is basically a giant room filled with mentors and good people and fitness equipment. And you basically give kids direction and an outlet through um, being around good mentors and good movement, right? We give them a, a structured home. Yeah. With good people, you know what I mean. We're just giving them a home that's going to always be there. 
for them. And, and we do, we, not only that, you know, we also have, we also have jujitsu that's open. You know, the, the, the run also funds a hula halal and a, and a motorcycle club that has the only motorcycle track where we do the run. It helps fund them to be able to have a place for all the kids to go there with their parents to ride dirt bikes. So it's, there's so many areas that this foundation supports in the community that it's, um, when you really dig in to look at it, it's just, it's, it's, it's beautiful, you know, and it's, um, how many kids and families are you working with now? Oh, like me, like kids, we got, we're doing about 80 kids a day easily. And, and that's after COVID. So we were doing like 500 kids. We were doing a lot. There was a lot of kids, but and now we're moving back in. COVID was actually good because it got us to, we were actually, it was just growing so fast. So it was actually a reset for us to restructure it so it will be able to handle the um, the weight of all the kids coming, you know? You were seeing 500 kids a day pre-COVID yeah, yeah, response? A month. That was like we there was yeah. probably 500 active kids in our program. You know, within wow. a week, we might see 500 different kids, you know? Um, wow. Yeah. Hey, li- listen, people, you have to contextualize that. This is an island with 60,000 people to be running a program that has 500 kids. That's one in every 120 people. And you know, let's say half the kid, let's say one third of the kid is of the Island is kids. That's 10,000 people. Yeah. And if they're seeing 500, that means one in 20 kids was using this facility. Yeah. And the only way this facility runs is through the ultimate Hawaii trail run, raising money. Yeah. And I see, and I, it's crazy. I mean, those numbers are crazy, dude. That's like, that's nuts. I see the impact when one kid gets this, he has such a major impact in the community because a lot of the kids, I remember when I was out there and I was messed up, you know what I mean? I, I was very aware of the person who had their stuff together because that's what I wanted, but I wouldn't let anybody know that I would play like I got it all together. But deep down inside, I wanted that life. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to, hold a job, be able to work, you know what I mean? And, and get a nice car and be heading in that direction. And, you know, and um, so one of those kids and, and I've, you know, there's the first kid I took into this program is, was, you know, for example, the parents were giving her drugs to go sell in school because they thought it was, she could make some money to buy her new car. And then um, thoughtful, so they, thought, very thoughtful they think of her that's parents. healthy and helping their kids. Right. That I took the kid in, you know, so the kid came and lived with us and, and now, and now, you know, she's, um, a successful mom, you know, she had a kid wow. at a young age, but, but her kid's not in CPS, you know, it's not a broken family. She's actually like still married and like, it's just like, it's a testament of what, you know, that one kid, if everything I did was just for that one kid, it's worth it, you know, because it's. Like that, it's just amazing to see that. But then there's so many other kids like that, that, that yeah. I see that. Sivan, something that Hoffie has taught or said before is that like Kauai is like legit, like a Petri dish. Like we, we are really making some serious change here. I've been here for five years. I've gotten to see kids go from high school, 
have a goal to play football, make the football team. Like in in college, I've seen elementary kids now in middle school, you know, middle school to high school. So we get to see this transformation. These kids are so much different from a kid that doesn't do, do CrossFit. Like when I get a new kid in class, they are they. You can see how blown away they are by other kids that have been with us for years. Um, and I am truly excited to see what these kids are going to grow up to do. Um, you know, we are constantly telling them, you know, we, we're encouraging them to be productive members of society. You know, something I always remind them, like literally there's five-year-olds, six-year-olds in my class. And I point at them and tell them like, dude, you're going to be 30 one day. Like, what are you going to look like? What are you going to be? What are you going to be doing? What you do today matters. Like, and then, so just getting them to understand their purpose, training, um, you know, mindset, like, dude, like you said, what, like it's what you just pumped me up with the, with the numbers that you, I don't, I don't think of numbers the way you do. Um, and yeah, everyone talks about us. Like our, our community knows about the foundation, the, the classes we do. Um, and it, it, I'm really, really excited over like five, 10, 15 years to see yeah. like what these kids are going to be acting like. Cause um, and who are they going to influence, man? We're yeah, all just yeah, mirrors yeah, here. You know? We have a tremendous response. We're all role models, yep. whether you want to be or not. We have a tremendous responsibility to be, to 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 sh- to sh- to show our best front without with still being authentic. I'm yeah. not saying that you can't be free and you have to be fake, but like, hey, man, you think it's okay to smoke a cigarette? Well, it's not only hurting you, but it's telling everyone around you that it's okay. Yeah, it's yeah, telling you know, everyone around you it's okay. Dude. And so what's it tell people when you do a pull up or when you climb up a tree and everyone sees you climb the tree and get a frisbee down? It tells everyone around you that's okay. Wow, I want to be that person who can climb the frisbee. Yeah, look like I love people. that. Do you remember that kid? I wasn't that kid, but there was yeah. always I wasn't that kid until I went to college. There was a kid in the sixth grade. If a ball went in the tree, that dude was up there getting it. Yeah. And you're like, damn, he's a beast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone's yeah. like, and you and you admire him and everyone wants to be that kid. And so I feel you. I mean, yeah, I, if, if you're in f- 500 kids out of 10,000 kids and who knows if there's even that many, that's an, an enormous impact on one of the, and one, imagine this too, Kauai is probably one of the most famous places on the, uh, in the world. Yeah. yeah. And yet there's only 60,000 people there. Yeah. It, we, we have it. We have an obligation to, to bare minimum totally, to take care totally. of the kids. And right now we're also doing, um, not even take care of them. Sorry. That's like, they don't need to be taken care of. They need to be not beat down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, they just need like a big yeah. part of what we do. I feel is well, like, Juan, I want to say one more yeah. thing. Sorry. What, so, sorry. What, and who gives a fuck if the athletes are going to be there? If Matt O'Keefe is going to be there, the second biggest yeah. guest ever in the history of my podcast, <laughs> that's the pool. Yeah. That's, I mean, I had a bunch of athletes on. Oh, look at that handsome man behind O'Keefe. That was O'Keefe when he had hair. Um, um, that is uh by the way your head looks amazing the three times you took it off you must have just yeah that's pretty yeah, dude that is nice yeah. just stop fighting it I mean, I, yeah. god i want to touch it i just want to rub it but uh but o'keefe is uh yeah go out there and see super agent matt super agent matt o'keefe and boy matt you got great vibes dude so oh, one of the things that we're doing too right now sorry juan I'm, i'll get off my horse <laughs> one, of the, one of the things we're doing right now is we're like actually creating these guys are putting down the curriculum so that they'll be able to um people will be able to do this we'll be able to like um help help a gym if they wanted to do this program with the kids we'll be able to like assist them with it's not going to be just like oh here's the programming they'll get support from us to be able to 
help the coach start to become transparent to, so that he can be able to affect the kids and be able to like be a real role model and be able to speak his life experience into these kids in a way that that we do over here. So that's in the process right now. And these guys have been working hard on that. So that'll be, that's something that's going to be exciting. We're making this so it can go anywhere in the world and and it'll change the community. I do want to say something about that because that's, um, you know, my first experience there, that was my immediate reaction was like, you know, there's some special sauce here. Um, And it is, you know, Hoff and team, um, but there's, there's got to be a way to you know get yeah to get this out because there's you know it's such a special program um that can be you know useful anywhere in the world uh and and i know hoff and the team have worked really hard to figure out best ways to do that but if people are listening to this and are interested in this come you know whether you do the run or not show up early and help but like think about and and look at this program because it, it can affect your local community um it's uh it's something that you know obviously has you know well there's there's stats with what hoff has done um but but you know this problem is not you know exclusive to Kauai. uh this is everywhere i mean you know any any local community can have a ton of benefit from this and these guys want to help so i i I, you know they need people that want to take the initiative to help you know spread that message and word and get this thing started It, it you know, when I went there and experienced that that first time, that was and he and I talked a lot about this that year. There's got to be a way to get this uh, out further than just the island. I mean, I'll help for the rest of my life. You know, with you know the the island, you know, you know, or this foundation helping succeed on that island. But uh, I really would love to see this thing. You know, you know, some people receive these same gifts in other places because it's really special. Okay, if you're still having troubles lighting the stove at your house, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I got my, uh, my, my family's starting dinner over here. Tell them to use a match, man. That's like 18 tries, man. Just tell them to go old school. Just get a match and throw it on the spark, dude. What's up? What's up? Uh, that's funny. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's coming together, and like like like, I mean, we're no different than any other community in the world. You know what I mean? It's we're a special place over here. It's a, very exotic, but like Juan was saying, you know, I've, I realized a long time ago that this place is like a petri dish, and nobody leaves. And I can measure this the success in the community, and we've been doing it for like ten years now, watching this. And it's, um, I mean, it, it's when we get this programming done with the with the the way it's set up, it's going to be it'll be life changing for communities. And it's not, it doesn't take a lot of money to start it. It doesn't take a lot of you know overhead and all this. You can actually just take this stuff and start running with it. And as long as you are able to help coach the person and that's going to be in front of these kids on how to like work through their stuff so they can actually be able to talk about it, their life experiences, the stuff that everybody always feels so uncomfortable to talk about, you know, your, your stories are your, your greatest tool that you have. And when you can become okay with them and help these get, you know, experiences and share these how it was affected with you and this and that, man, you'll have a powerful coach. You'll have a coach that not only gets people fit, but transforms lives, like walks people back from the gates of hell. You know, that's like, and and it's for real. I've watched this over and over work successfully for the past, for so many years. And it's like, and I just want everybody to be able to experience this because it's like, how long have you guys been? How long has the run been in existence? What year is this going to be? 
What do you say? Year. Okay. It's been so many years. Yeah. Can I can I just touch on like the on the curriculum again, real quick? Um, yes. The curriculum. I like it how I like it how Hoff says something and Juan's like, okay, let me unfuck this a little bit. <laughs> and Hoff's the boss, but 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 Juan, but you can tell how much he trusts Juan. He lets hey, Juan keep him. Like, hey, why I'm, don't you I'm just put your hand up his ass man. and talk for him, Juan? Just be like. Yeah, I mean, Let's go I love Hoff. You know, it, he's taught me a lot. Who doesn't? Who but doesn't? I just, I just want to really share just my side uh, of the curriculum. You know, um, um, we're we're just really because because for me, growing up, I just feel like we just didn't know a lot of things. Like like right, we didn't know sugar was bad. We didn't know that. Um, I was taught not to talk about my feelings, not to, you know, not to cry, to hide everything, to always seem like everything's okay. And something that Hoff has taught me through the 12 steps is true vulnerability, true, true transparency, how to deal with problems, um, not only suppressed emotions, but as things come up. So what we've decided with our curriculum is that we, we're, we're teaching the 12 steps um, you know, obviously in a kid's format. And the, the reason we, we're, we're excited about it is because like, right, CrossFit is magic, right? CrossFit works. Um, Greg Glassman, one of my favorite quotes by, by Greg was the greatest adapta- adaptation is between the ears. It's just that mindset you develop. And something that we've learned through, through just, uh, the CrossFit kids course is that when we work out, we create new neurons in our brain. Like new neurons are being created. We are, we are in the best moment to learn something is once we've had done some physical activity. So after we're done with some physical activity, that's where we provide a message. That's where, where our curriculum or our programming is going to be the, the most valuable. It's not the workouts. Um, it's, it's the messaging that the coach is going to be receiving and going to be um, taught how to deliver to the age group that they're working with. Um, and, and it's incredible, man. We're, we're really teaching kids step by step. And if, if, if I know the 12 steps seem super gnarly to me, it was like 12 steps. Like I'm not a drug addict. I don't even do that. But honestly, it's simply, um, one of the greatest tools to, to deal with any problem you've ever had. Any, it doesn't have to be drugs, you know? Any issues you have, if you run it through that, those 12 steps, you will come out enlightened and a better person. And being able to actually deal with the problems. And, um, you know, as well as the workouts are gonna be amazing. Huge shout out to, to uh, Street Parking, NC Fit, um, CrossFit Mayhem, uh, Doug from CrossFit Park City, um, they're, they're, they're basically giving us workouts and we are just tailoring them, modifying them for, for kids, for students, for middle school and elementary school. Um, you know, we're, we're working on some key games and, uh, our biggest thing is that, that it's the fitness, the games, that's, that's all fun and game, you know, that's all the fun part, but the real meat is when we're able to, teach a kid through experience um, of a physical activity about how to handle something in their life. You know, like for example, dodgeball. Dodgeball is one of the greatest games, but dodgeball is a game of honesty. Like when you look at it and we teach them, we highlight that part, you know, tic-tac-toe. Tic-tac-toe is a fantastic game, but tic-tac-toe is all about being a make good decisions under pressure. Can you make a good decision under pressure? You know, and for kids to be able to align those type of thoughts 
um, we've just we're excited to see what what that turns out, and that's that's what we're trying to give to our community is not just that these are awesome workouts. It's how do you tie in a message that really resonates with a human being that is going to help them grow, going to help them prepare for their future, going to help them be a, you know a productive member of society, and to, to be able to deal with their own problems um, as they grow up. So that's that's kind of like what we've been working on. Well, there you go. Huh? And that's where your money goes, people. You get to go to Hawaii. Well, is that a piece? You, you, can, you can be a selfish prick or the most giving person in the world, but either way, you get to go to Hawaii. And I think Juan just described it perfectly of how your money is going to be spent. Yeah. Like they're going to take your money, your registration money, and that's where it's going to go. Yeah. It's going to go to making kids better. And especially if you have kids, you want all kids to be better. Yeah. Because it's the world all our kids are going to live in, and this is. And it's, I've always, I've always said that the solution is in the community, and it's this is a big problem. And where to even start to make a difference? And it's like, I mean, every every individual, anybody who's listening, you're you're a part of the community. You're a powerful individual that can become a part of what we're doing, even if it's like donating five dollars a month, like I said, whatever's to create something that's going to go and affect all these other communities. I see this thing going out, being dropped in any community and just instantly giving that community an opportunity to have something to stand behind that's gonna change the community. It's not, And it's not like one of those, if it maybe or will, it will change the community. You know what I mean? It's a definite 100% will work in the community because it's proven a, a, a hundred times over over here. So it's pretty cool. Were you going to say something, Matt? Sorry, yeah. I cut you off. No, that's fine. It, it, the um, you guys touched on something that I think is um, it's funny, and Hoff can relate to this most, which is like when you have, you know, you go through your recovery process and you learn the twelve steps, and you know, you're part of that community in AA. One of the things that comes across you pretty quickly is like, wow, this could be very applicable to just the average person's life, um, and to hear that you know, what they're doing with this, with kids is, is applying that to, you know, not necessarily a scenario of recovery is like music, honestly, because it's, um, it's uh, people who, and and if any, you know, here, like, you know, people probably like, you know, eyes will glaze over with this because, you know, I think people in recovery a lot of times do, you know, think that they got all the answers through this experience through AA, but I will tell you something that, you know, that process um, for even people that haven't struggled necessarily with, you know, the object of alcohol or drugs, you can apply it to anything in life. Um, and they're proof of it, you know, applying it to these kids, um, and their process and growth and, and, and maturation is, is amazing. Honestly, I, I, I tell you like that, that, um, that magic, that piece, that's the secret sauce, like that getting out, like that's, that that's a big, that's a big thing that I don't think a lot of people have applied a lot of energy to the general you know general market what you would say it's not a market but like that um man for people to be able to receive that gift and not have to go through the struggle and pain yeah. to get there is awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I mean I've always like alcohol and drugs is just a symptom of a bunch of suppressed feelings that we've just never dealt with or we've been taught to deal with and. When, when you, when we, I, drugs and alcohol, there's other things, there's sex, money, whatever you want to talk about, the, whatever it is that you can, you know, to make yourself feel better, you know, we'll 
use that to feel better. You know what I mean? Because it's like all this suppressed stuff, it's just over time and it's stuff, you know, you just start not feeling comfortable in my skin. You see everybody's happy and you're just kind of like, you know, you get that fake happy face on like, Oh, I'm doing great. But inside you're really dying inside, you know? And it's just, um, the 12 steps, the way that stuff's set up just takes it, takes all that, that away when you, when you start working through it, you know, it's, it's, it's the most unbelievable thing that's been set up to actually change people's lives, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's just to understand it's not just alcohol and drugs. That's just the symptom of a way that a tool that we use so we don't have to feel the way we feel, you know, it's a quick way to change the way you feel, you know, quick little high, but then down the road, this, it stops working and you should do a hundred burpees instead. Yeah. Oh, I, do I do it every day. It's a, it's a great, it's good. you want it. Yeah. You want to escape the noise of your brain or the discomfort? Hey, when you were sharing that, Savon, earlier, I, remember, I read this book from Eckhart Tolle, and he described he's all, the human condition is lost in thought. That's the state of the human condition. They're just everywhere but now. Everywhere but living in the moment. He's fantastic. He's, awesome. he, he's, an, he's an amazing man at pointing at into the unknown. He's also, um, he speaks very succinctly on the on the subject of hey your mind got you in this problem it's not going to get you out yeah. like you're not going to think your way out of this one buddy so, yeah you nailed it you read a lot of Eckhart Tolle oh yeah uh, oh, yeah him there's another book that's written by Emmett Fox blasphemy blasphemy Mr. Hoff blasphemy. you ever heard of Emmett Fox uh no the book power through constructive thinking that's an um, those are the the big book that um the Bible's good. It took me a while to be able to understand that. That's a tricky one. Um, and then the um, Emmett Fox, The Power Through Constructive Thinking. That's where the, 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 the AA book was written from that. The book's like over 100 year, years old author. I may have to text you that again. I came and read my own writing. And I just wrote a power through constructive thinking. Yeah, I'm going to get it today. Pretty deep. The guy. Have you read that one, O'Keefe? I have not read that one. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm in on that. I've read the book. Like, we'll have a, ra we'll have a race for time. Who could read it the fastest? Yeah, I've been telling everyone all about it. Dude, I, no, get, I, I, get, I give that. that book to people that you can't put it down, dude. It's like one of those. That's, it's like, and he that's talks about, a lot about the process of like being of service and giving and, you know, how important that is. And it's like, it's pretty. He just nails it. You know, it goes straight for the juggler when you start reading it. If you don't want to read it, is he still alive? Is he still alive? No, he's dead. Because it was oh, yeah, you're saying dead. that um, the twelve steps were built on from that book. Okay. I will. My, I will. I will give one piece of sage advice for those who attend this run. When Hoff asks you to take a ride or do this with him, or just take caution. Okay, that's all I have yeah. to tell you is take caution. If you know, you know, hey, you want me to teach you how to surf? You want me to yeah, take a ride? You want to take a ride in the ATV? Your life is being taken into his hands. I got a quick story. O'Keefe caught me in my own game. So after I that, he was gonna say caught you in your underwear. Yeah. So after the event, so we went. He's like, let's let's go up the coast. I'm like, okay. I'll make it a little bit of time. We'll go run up the coast on my boat, the Nepali coast. So we cruise up there, and Matt Fraser's like, dude, I want to jump off the cliff. I'm like, okay. I got the cliff for you to jump off. So we come all the way around the corner. It's me. Matt, we had Matt Bickle, Matt Fraser, Sam Dancer, Sam Dancer uh, my friend Bick. All on one boat. All on one boat. boat. Eugene and then and the you. Guy, the one from Australia. Oh, James Newberry. James Newberry. Ooh. So we 
burping around the corner. I'm all, we pull up to this cliff. It's like a 70-foot cliff. I'm all, there's your jump. Now, you're going to go up on the over here, climb up on the rocks, and then climb up the backside and jump over. And Matt looks at me. He's all, bro, you're coming with me. I'm like, no, I'm not. I got to drive the boat. And then, and then, and then O'Keefe's all, bro, I drive boats all the time. I'm just like, no. And then I'm like, Damn it. And I look behind. I was trying to get out of it. I turn around. I'm like, I'm only going to jump if all these guys go and jump. And they're like, let's go jump. I was like, Frick. so we ended up. So we went up. Uh, my friend Bishop got cut up climbing up on the rocks. And then we're going up the scaling this cliff. And once you're going up it, it's like there's this one point where it kind of like goes out and over. You're like committed. I like kick a rock off. It rolls down, cracks Sam Dancer in his head. Hits my other friend Bishop somewhere in his head too, and then we get it, and I'm like freaking out. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm getting up to the top, and this is so high. I'm like, bro, I just gotta jump. I can't even like. Coffee's not good with heights. I, I'm like, I can't even think. If I sit there for a second, I'm gonna be screwed, and then they're gonna have to get it because you can't climb back down. Yeah, there's there's no, no way you can climb back down. And then, so I go up there, and I, I get up there, and I just jump. I bump first thing I get, but I build everybody. I just was way ahead. I just jumped in the water. And then Bickle jumped, and he like does it hurt? Broke oh, his, yeah. Does it hurt? He did. He broke his what? His tailbone? Yeah, he did something to his tailbone, and it's messed so, up. Ron, this is, this is one of those cliffs where like when the, it, it's tidal, right? So, but as the waves come in and out, it could be like ten feet less depending on when you jump. And Matt isn't scared of many things. When he came back, he was like, "Good choice." good choice not driving the boat that was scary <laughs> and, shit. and the, the, they all come back like sam dancer's got blood coming down his face you know matt's feet are all cut up i'm like what are what are we doing right now you know yeah <laughs> and you guys don't even drink you don't have an excuse oh, oh yeah it's like, no like, one has an excuse one of those like oh this is this is probably not a good idea but we're already here so let's just see what happens well, but the, the the climb up, like this is the best part. There's some footage of this out there. The climb up is not like you know you walk up the side of a hill to this thing. You're skill climbing without ropes up the side of a yeah. cliff to get to this free spot. solo Hawaiian style. <laughs> <laughs> dude, but right before I climbed, I look at Matt. I'm like, and I never. I'm always like, dude, you gotta come jump. I look at Matt back. I'm like, bro, if there's ever one time you don't have to do something that I'm asking you to do. This is the one time you can like bow out if you want. Wear 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 a helmet when you're with Hoppy. Is the before we go? I do want to I I do want to say this um, as we wrap up here. All all kidding aside, we're having some fun on here. It's important to go to the Hawaii Trail Run. O'Keefe's a great guy. Juan's a great guy. But if you don't know Aaron Hoff, um, you should you should meet him. It's, um, he's the kind of, you'll meet a lot of people in your life and there's some people you'll meet that you will never forget. And, um, Aaron is extremely loving, but there's something intangible about him. Yeah. He's very, um, they call him uncle Hoffy and it's not, it's not because like, Oh, it's a nice thing to say. It's because he, if you, if you had, if you ever had a great uncle and I had a lot of great uncles, he really is that guy. Um, you can hug him the first time you see him. You can call him anytime. You, um, he is a. You, when you meet him, you'll know exactly why he's in the position he's in. And you'll see why he's so well connected, and why everyone wants to know, why everyone wants to be around him, why everyone wants to participate in what he's doing. Um, the guy uh, shits rose petals. I'm not joking. So, um, you, you, you'll be stoked. You'll be really stoked. He's a he's a he's a legend. He, you uh, in his own right in so many facets. Um, 
And uh, I just I just wanted that, to say that like, that Savan is like the perfect cap because you know all those reasons to go to Kauai or you know Kauai and you know Matt no like forget it honestly you will leave there and be like I met Uncle Hafi he's a friend for life this guy it, it, he's changed my life I mean he's ha- he has that profound effect on anybody he meets so big it, how big it is next to wines <laughs> that, that is that is that is. That is yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter how cool. Watch like it. you pick the coolest. You pick the coolest person. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Swan's <laughs> not a small man. Oh! Wow! That's how you know? Dude, I gotta say, you it's guys, great, guys, dude, it's Laura. He looks like what was the guy Laurel and Hardy? Which one was the one that wore the little ad? That's who he turned yeah. into when he puts on one. This is a, this is impressive. You got Savant to dress up today, too, guys. Like no hat. He didn't have. Oh. He just had, this is a big day. Got a V-neck on. I can't believe he knows. This is my, I got this whole selection of awesome James Pierce T-shirts that I never wear. I can't even believe you noticed that I was wearing something like nice. And it's just a T-shirt, but damn. You're looking good. Hey, you like hair too, huh? <sighs> Thank you. Yeah, I got a haircut. I, I, I was um, I was trying to grow the beard and hair out for a while, and then I was just like, dude, I just can't do this. This is too much. I grew my first beard, not too long, and I just it felt like I had a wet, hot towel around my face, and I just couldn't do it. I was like, I'm going to grow. It's fun because people are nicer to you, but what is that? It's fun because people are nicer to you. People start treating me like an old man and they're like, everyone's all nice and you can get away with saying whatever you want. But then (laughs) you just food start, you know, how old are you? Savon? It's a good problem. I'm 49. 49? But when I have a beard, I look like I'm 69. Uh, I pull it off. Good. I run it. (laughs) Juan's been working on his beard. his whole life. It's just coming in right now. uh, I'm 33, and <laughs> Juan doesn't even have pubes. <laughs> <laughs> Savan, are you going? Yeah, O'Keefe just went gangster. Are you going to the, uh, Are you coming to? You going to go to the games and set up and podcast all week? Uh, if it's like, if it is, is it going to be in my backyard? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, then I'm not doing it, dude. Go. I'm kind of. I'm in. I'm in heaven, man. <laughs> I'm in heaven. I cannot. I cannot get out of my oodle loop. I am a creature of habit. I am just living the dream in my little, my little, ho- little, my little Santa Cruz area. And now I'm just taking. I mean, if I could say we're at a 121, no one's gonna hear this. I'm just taking over the podcast game. I'm just addicted. I'm just doing one a day. I'm tearing it up. The numbers are exploding. Good for you. We had like last week. We had thirty five thousand downloads in just one week, wow. just on the Sevon podcast. That's crazy on iTunes and Spotify. That doesn't even include YouTube. I mean, I can, and we've only been doing it like two months hard. Wait, another you, two man. months. That's awesome. Yeah, another two months. I'm gonna have to change my number so uh, uh, Hoffy can't call me anymore. Yeah, it'll be like it'll be it'll be a, it's not street <laughs> level anymore. Yeah, he's up yeah. there in the in the bouge, in the bouge town. <laughs> but but I like yeah, how he's tempting me, Keith. You figured. You figured me out when you're like, are you going to come to the games and podcast? I mean, that if someone broke into my house and took my podcast gear there, I'd have to go. <laughs> what, Savannah, are you going to try to come out anytime soon? We'll have to stage that. I, I no. Planes. no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going anywhere where there requires a mask. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing any of the theatrics. I'm not doing any of the fuckery. I'm just like, fuck you. Like, I'm so, sorry to be so crass, but with you kind, wholesome gentlemen, but I'm. I'm here with my three boys. Uh, we do martial arts five days a yeah, week, CrossFit really every cool. day, tennis, go to the beach. Uh, yeah, your boys are pretty awesome. Well, when things settle down, dude, I'd love yeah. – I, I think it would be rad if you you would come and bring the boys, man. They'd love it out here. 
The thing is, is if I did come, I, I would probably come for like three months. No shit. I would come and like set up a tent in Hoffie's backyard and have my whole family yeah. stay there. My wife would love I that. Right but I can't go somewhere for a week. Store. I have to go there and become a um, – I'd have to go anywhere I go. I'd want to go like for three months. Yeah, you'd be a Lucky hippie. Be a he has a he has a house. I am a hippie, actually. I'm a pretty. I'm barefoot right now. What? He has a house right next to his house that I'm. What, Matt? I'm sure you can camp out in, right? Right, Hoffy? Yeah. Yeah, we got a spot for you, Savon. Are there squatters in there now? Nope. I don't got to kick yes. no one out. Who do you not like? I'll make sure they're in the in the, in the house while you're there. <laughs> I love everyone, <laughs> even the people, even the people, even the people who hate my guts. Yeah. I like everyone. It's good to be like that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, well, thanks so much for doing this and helping. You know what we do. Peace really and love. I, hey, and, and you're the only person who's ever invited people on. So this podcast was supposed to be with Hoff, and then I and then I find out from O'Keefe and Juan that they're coming on too. Like Hoff doesn't tell me, he tells their, them they're coming on. And then they tell me, yeah. they just, you know, we're coming on the podcast with Hoff. I'm like, you know, oh, just making things happen. Cause you got a lot yeah. going on, you know, it's, I just got like, uh, status. I love it. What? Your back. Don't worry it. about it. It's less work for you. You podcast every day now. <laughs> you got, 30,000 people downloading in a week and man that's a lot of work. 30, 35 buddy. 35 35. 35. 35.